Hey, and we welcome you here to episode 24 of the Cherokee Rewind. My name is Mick, and I'm glad you're hanging out with us here. Again, we appreciate you tuning in, listening each and every Wednesday and Saturday when these things drop. My guest tonight, today, whenever it is that you're listening, well, this guy, another Florida guy. We've had several from this team that have been from Florida, the Sunshine State. And this guy goes by the name of Lucas Kelsey. Lucas, I'm trying to remember. I know you. Were, if you were from, you were from uh, where the home of the Florida Everblades, where they play, and I can't remember the city. That, that is correct. Uh, Estero, Fort Myers, Florida, Naples area. They they all are around the same. Okay, so they're all neighbors. Okay, so yeah, Estero. It was Estero, right? Yeah, that's that's where the arena is. So but you were, it, it all, all just depends on if you know the area or not. But yeah, Fort Myers, Estero, Naples, all all the same area. Okay. So now, Lucas, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I, I always do this little goofy thing I do. I try to remember your jersey number. Now, I think I got it. I don't know, but I've, I've always thought I've gotten it the last several times and have been dead wrong. But uh, I think if I remember correctly... I'm going to take two shots at it. One was 25. No? Okay, I'll give you another shot. Uh, 22. There you go. Ah, second I time. Got there it? you go, okay. sir. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, you know, you, you're, you're good, Mick. That is... I got 20 years worth of trying to remember this stuff. So, you know, I got a lot of folks that I try to remember, but some of them kind of blend into each other. But... Uh, <laughs> There's probably a couple 22s mixed up in there. Oh, just a few. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> but, uh, so, Lucas, let me ask you. Let's. Uh, I mean, first of all, how does a, a Florida kid get interested in hockey? Because, if, I mean, obviously you got started when you were a little kid, I'm presuming. But uh, usually Florida, you don't necessarily associate with hockey, especially at a competitive level. You know, back Back when I first started playing, which is in 1998, I was I grew up playing baseball and I got bored with it. And my parents decided to make me do or try to find something a little bit better for me. And so we tried roller hockey. And then in 98, uh, the arena where the Everblades play now is open or opened up. So they gave me they tried a hand in that for me. And it, it just stuck to this day. The love, the, the passion, the, the love affair started in 98. Okay. So uh, was there like house leagues there or was there anything in particular that you, you caught on with besides roller hockey? Well, I started, I started with the roller hockey and then I joined a, a Mike program, the eight and unders. And I borderline couldn't even skate when I started, but all I knew in my head is I I enjoyed it. It was fun, you know. You got to be a little physical with kids, even at even at eight ten years old. It was it was a nice outlet. Like I wasn't standing in the outfield waiting for a ball to come to me. You know, it was uh, action packed. So I always appreciated it for that aspect. It would, it intrigued me and led me up to uh, be talking to you here right now. Which wow. That's pretty cool. Now, let me ask you. So you started then. 
Um, who are the, I mean, where do you get equipment down there? I mean, was there a lot of places that you could shop for, uh, trying to find the, the right equipment? Uh, the, the first couple of years or not the first couple of years, but the first couple of months that I joined the, the ice hockey community, we had to drive an hour North to go practice because the rink wasn't open yet. So wow. we did that for, I if my memory serves me correct, almost a year, my, my parents drove me, they switched turns up and back, uh, going to Venice, Florida, which is, I'd say probably about an hour south of Tampa and an hour north of where I live. So it was right in the middle. That was the only ice rink. So we, we had to make do, but they, I feel like when they introduced me to it, they knew right away that this might might be the sport that I was looking for and they were looking for it too because I now that I look back as a 30 year old they were bored sitting on the bleachers there watching eight-year-olds strike out you know I <laughs> and I'm not not trying to downplay anything but I mean you want to you want to watch a bunch of eight-year-olds play hockey or you want to watch them play baseball no no offense to any other sports but I right. I still do believe hockey is the best sport out there well you're preaching to the choir here now do you but do you still ever follow baseball at all any you you know i've always been a big sports guy whether it's baseball hockey tennis basketball i'll watch it all but my uh passion has always always been towards ice hockey nhl so and i'll i'll never give that up because to to me and my family it's more than just people skating it's it's the fastest moving chess game in the world amen man you 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 got that right now of course uh you know and and for a lot of people it's a lifestyle it's not just it's not just a game because of all the travel involved all the things that you have to do to you know if you want to play because it's not cheap it's not something you can just uh do a pickup game uh just down the street and you know a bunch of the other kids will be there uh no you, this is something you've got to put together and orchestrate and all the other things that go into it all the time and effort and money that go into it so yeah it is a bit of a lot when you plan your vacations around tournaments as a kid you know your kids tournaments you know it's yeah so let me ask you lucas <clears throat> so as a kid you start when did you get the idea that you were going to be serious about uh, playing at a, a more advanced level of hockey. How old were you when you figured that one out? So when I figured out that I loved the sport, one of my best friends checked me from behind in uh, a house league and broke my wrist. And that is to this day, the most serious injury I've ever had. But after that, I, I, I was committed to it. I enjoyed it. The the passion and the the people I met or have met along the way, I will never be able to thank them enough. That's what I enjoy is I'm still to this day a competitive person. I haven't put on skates in, oh man, it's probably been four or five years, but that was what I enjoyed is how everything happened is it, it wasn't just people I go and tape my hockey sticks with or hit crossbars with. This was, this is a family affair. It always has been, always will be. 
And that's that's the one thing I'll always take out of it. It, it taught me that ho- hockey, it's a family. It's it's not just just people who show up every day and get her done. You know, it's a it's a real thing, man. Well, you know the uh, I agree with you there, one hundred percent. It definitely is a, a a family aspect, a component to it. Um, and I, I guess you know, but uh, you know, playing through your younger years as you started to get older, like high school age, uh, did you play high school hockey or did you uh, look to play travel? It. I was actually doing both. I was the as a sophomore. I was the assistant captain on my high school team varsity and then i was traveling up to tampa multiple times a week just to practice we were driving two hours north just to practice with said hockey team the tampa maple leafs shout out to the tampa maple leafs third uh third best in the country one year uh midget double a i just want to give a quick shout out to uh, all my friends from florida man we did something that not a lot of Florida teams have ever did in their life. Actually, I don't, I don't know if any Florida teams have ever done that in their life. Yeah, you know, um, it's, I was going to say, that because I know that they've got a couple of uh, junior teams there now. They've got, I think, what, the, the Florida Eels, and I'm trying to remember uh, who else is there. What, they got the, what do they call them, the, the Florida Junior Everblades that play out of Estero here. And mm-hmm. I can't speak much for anything outside of this area. But um, I know from when I started to where it is now is there's a lot more exposure out there for the kids that live in Florida nowadays compared to when I was playing. We had to go out of town every week. Heck, I played uh, Frank Madiak a couple times on Bell Tire, and they whooped us up. <laughs> They really did. I'll never forget once me and Frank joined each other on the Cherokee. I mm-hmm. I recognized that last name. I recognized him. And they, they whooped us up a couple times, man. But it was so, it was hard down here to get exposure, but luckily my uh the coaches and the people that I was surrounded with, we were out of town every weekend. I didn't have any friends in high school. I was always we were always traveling. So uh so, I mean, that has to be hard on a kid, though. I mean, you're just a high school kid. And the fact that you've got to, um, you know, that's usually when you start to mature and you start to develop, you know. I mean, you're starting to grow a little bit and to uh, do that without any kind of um, home, basically a, a home base of friends, you know, that's got to be rough because, you know, I mean, when you travel, that's one, up here, kids travel, sure, but I mean, they don't travel anywhere near what you guys tra- traveled. You know, I mean, they travel to tournaments like you live in Toledo. You can play in Toledo, Sylvania. Boy, a big you can go to Monroe. And I'm talking about for high school, you know, for high school stuff. But, yeah. uh, uh, but you know, obviously when you do uh, uh, travel, I mean, the, the real travel, that's when you go to Indianapolis, you go to Toronto, you go to Buffalo, you go, you know, all over the place, Chicago. Um that's 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 rough but usually it's you you and your buddies that do that but how did you manage to do that with basically you know like i say your home base there wasn't any real you know uh, like-minded 
uh, folks that uh, were in your, just down the street from you? The the team the like my peewee years and before that like it was mostly in state tournaments like we'd go to Georgia every so often to play but once I got to the team in Tampa is when it was I would say it, it was a hand picked so select few kids from around the state mostly Tampa area my area there were two kids I used to drive up with two times a week just to go practice and then when we weren't practicing we were getting on an airplane to go to some different area some different state to play and it we we weren't just doing it for fun at that point this was serious business you know this is my parents hard-earned money and their parents hard-earned money so it wasn't it was it it was dedication i didn't have any friends in high school because of this you know if i was going monday through thursday and then we were leaving right after i got out of school on thursday to go to sarnia it was it was definitely it was definitely an experience mick and i'll i'll never take that for granted it's kind of it's weird sitting here talking to you about it because i've no one really gets it, you know. I, I can't sit here and tell many people about how I sacrificed and my parents sacrificed their livelihood and my livelihood for for something. And it wasn't hard. It was it was fun, man. And I I'll never forget any of that. I still I still live it to this day, even though I don't coach or play anymore at this moment. I still love what happened and how it all went down. I wouldn't change it for the world, man. It was great. You know, the thing is, uh, the Lucas is very simply, yeah, I do get it because up here, we under the people, especially around here understand because this is a hockey hotbed, you know, it's a, it's a primary sport up here where down there it's, it's more, you know, it's more golf oriented or football, basketball, baseball, you know, that's, yes, you know, but the thing is, is that you, you know, there are still, there's still little pockets here and there. And you're one of those pockets of uh, people that, that get it. You understand what the sacrifice is that's involved. You understand that you are willing to, to basically sacrifice every friendship, you know, people yep. that be people in your life so that you could travel and get back in the middle of the night and have to go to school and, you know, whatever, you know. And what's, the, I mean, how often did you have to fly? That's what I want to know as a kid. We, uh, when I was doing my uh, Tampa Maple Leafs days, uh, my midget, right right before I joined the Cherokee, we were, we were out of town three weeks of the month, every month for five, six months. It was it the the coach that I played for, Mike Frank. He is right up there with the one of the toughest people I've ever met, next to Dunk. Like they they didn't challenge you just in a hockey sense. They challenged you mentally. They broke you down and built you right back up. They it's not that they hated you. They just you want to make a good hockey player. You got to build them down and break them up. You know, teach them teach them how we do it on this team this way. They were trying to grow you up. You know, so they were trying to grow you up. You wish what? And I I wish I would have known what I know now at a younger age because 
it would have went a long way for me now. But uh, being being young and naive and thinking you can't be touched, mm-hmm. I, I see where I, I see where uh, where I was back in the day. But I appreciate where I am now. So exactly. I mean, it's but always remember, Lucas. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. You know, that's a, regardless. That's right. Anything in life, man, it's it's how you finish. But uh, yeah, okay. So you were playing there now. How were you discovered or what it was it that put you in touch with the folks here in Toledo that you decided to come play for the Cherokee? No, oh, wow. That that's probably one of the best questions I've I've been asked in a while is so after my midget year or after the end of my midget season there was a USHL tryout, the Motor City Machine down here mm-hmm. in Fort Myers tried out for him had a great couple days of camp and uh I, back in the day they used to like talk to you individually been like oh hey lucas go talk to the coach so i went in talked to the coach and he said hey you didn't make this team but hit up ian duncan of the toledo cherokee and i guarantee you you'll have a spot i guarantee you you'll you'll be a good fit there so my pops and I literally went to the tryout and I had the greatest three days of camp of my life. I, I was the standout. And then when I made the team the first year, I, I was the worst player on the team, but <laughs> <laughs> surprise, my stall is usually... from Alaska and I'm from Florida. So Trevor Stebbin, oh. like, like I, said, I, I came in there thinking I was a hot shot, and lo and behold, kid from Florida, worst man on the team. But it it was humbling. It was great because I I didn't know that there were at my age. I didn't know there were people better out out there than me. So it was it well, was how much to learn. Well, how much of it was the fact that you were in Florida? And it's kind of like you're you're the top dog there, but that's because most of the guys, you know, at that at the higher levels and stuff weren't playing there. They were playing in Michigan or or Minnesota or you know wherever they come from there. So you didn't get to uh, to play against them full time. Every now and then with tournaments, but you how, how much was that with of that was actually what happened? That a good majority because i i mean the, the kids i grew up playing against they weren't bad but like i said they're not like going against andrew Kolb or brent bain you know that no comparison so i and like i said the the first couple practices i felt so out of place because i was like oh wow i am the worst player on the ice but i wouldn't say like wasn't bad i just wasn't as good as them so it it took me a while and then that's how me and you got to know each other so well is me and you <laughs> I was basically taking stats with you the first year of my, of my career you know yep and yeah you were always uh, readily available if i needed an interview <clears throat> and, ah, that's right <laughs> isn't it nice how something's come back full circle <laughs> Oh, Mick, that is so funny because I, I was literally just talking to my pops. I told him that you got a hold of me yesterday, and and I I was telling him the same thing I just told you. Like, yeah, I'm basically a stat boy the whole first year, but 
it was it was worth it. I would I wouldn't change it for the world, man. I would not. That's how you learn, you know. I mean, I I could tell you stories about other guys who uh, did the same thing. Guys that are I'm friends with to this day that uh, did the same thing. They had to uh, bide their time, not getting always getting in the lineup, and uh, would be mad at the time. But you talk to them now, they're like, it grew me up. And that was one of yep. the one of the things I, I I I'm thankful for now. Wasn't then, but I am now, you know. And that's that's how it can be sometimes. But uh, you know, talk about your uh, the very first game you got to play though in a Cherokee uniform. Do you remember that at all? All right. So it was actually a first year preseason game. We were playing. Uh, Oh, Queen City, and mm-hmm. there there was uh, a line brawl, and I've never seen anything like that in my life. So there were guys going at it, goalies were going at it before below the icing line in our zone, and I I decided to attack some guy from behind because I thought that was the right thing to do at the time because everyone was fighting. And I ended up getting suspended for the first couple games of the season because I attacked this man from behind that I didn't know, didn't have anything against. So that that was my introduction to the league is. So (laughs) it was great hockey and then everyone starts fighting and I've never been in a real real hockey fight in my life up to that point. So I felt like I had to, to do what I had to do and ended up getting suspended for a couple games. That was my introduction, but the the first real game I played, I I literally threw up a couple times before the game because I'd never been so nervous. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure I sat on the bench 85% of the game, but even sitting on the bench, man, like you still got that feeling in your stomach, you know? And yep. You're nervous. You're and when there. I got on, I couldn't I couldn't do the right thing enough get over the red line, dump the puck, you know, just, just keep it simple. So it was all learning experience, but that the first one is when, when I got suspended for a couple of games and I'm not a mean guy. I'm really not. I just, I just had a bad attitude. <laughs> really bad attitude, Mick. But, uh, so, uh, do you remember your, your first goal? Oh, my first goal. You, you know, I, what, it's, it's been 12 years since I joined and 10 mm-hmm. years since I left. If, if I remember correctly, one of my, my first goal was a wraparound because that's what I did best. You put me behind the net with the puck, I'll, I'll get it going real quick. I'm 99% sure that my first goal was at home on a wraparound, but it was, it was a blowout game. I was, it was it was garbage time basically, but hey, a goal's a goal, even if Got it's that not right. better. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, now um, That's, you keep going. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. The more you talk and I listen, the better it is. So um, I just was going to ask you, what was it like when you were introduced to Dunk, Ian Duncan? So oh. Being introduced to him, 
mm-hmm. one of the most intimidating human beings I've ever been in my life. But the the only thing he asked of you is to work hard and to be honest. So my coach from Tampa might have been more harder than dunk. So I already had a, a solid mindset of what tough coaches are about. But dunk, dunk being in the NHL, he saw the game different. He viewed it differently. There, there was never anything that was too good for him. Like there were, you, you could always do a little bit better. And to this day, even if I saw him, I'd still be scared of him, even though, you know, he's my <laughs> coach. Yeah. I, I, he physically and mentally demanding. He, like we were talking about earlier, he broke me down and then built me back up. He made me the hockey player that I should have been long before he had to tell me to do it. That's that's funny. <clears throat> now, what was it like walking in that locker room when you first walked in there after you made it? Uh, did you see any? What were, who? What were the? Was what was it like looking at the guys and saying, "Oh boy." Uh, the, the thing that helped that people, the boys on the team always looked at me for was who is this guy from Florida? How is he on our team right now? That was what the basis of what I had to go through was, uh, all, I mean, we had Trevor step in Alaska, you know, we, we had people from Illinois, Michigan, we had people from all over the globe. And then you got this one random man from South Florida stuck in there. And I, I hope all these boys listen to it, but I, I got them in training camp. I literally went out there and I showed them how to play hockey. And then when it came to the, to the season, they showed me what was up. I, I'll never forget that. I was so intimidated and nervous, but you can't ever show them boys that you're nervous. You just gotta, you gotta ride with it. And after a couple of weeks, we're, uh, we're all, it's all family after that, you know? Mm-hmm. I was always at now, a disadvantage, though, being being from South Florida. I, I guarantee you none of them have ever met an ice hockey player from two hours north of Miami, you know? Well, you were not the first Floridian. That's, Back in 19, 1999. Yeah, 1999, we had a kid from uh, – he was originally born in New York, but moved when he was a kid, moved to uh, – Port St. Lucie, and he played oh, okay, on our ninety. Yes. Yeah, he played on our nineteen ninety nine team. So uh, he uh, Jeremy Labianca is his name, and uh, yeah, he was from Florida. And of course, we had have had a actually we've had a number of guys from Florida, but you you guys you were one of the originals. You Labby, uh, Ryan Wall. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else, but uh, I remember Wall. Yeah, I remember him. That. The man beast. <laughs> I, I'm just, uh, I'm still honored to, like I said, have to be able to represent the Toledo charity organization. And, you know, one of the greatest accomplishments of my life, to be honest, because I didn't, I thought after 18 and unders, that was, that was the end of it. But I got, I got fortunate enough to have the organization bring me on and, I'll never, I'll never forget that. I'll, if I ever have kids, I'll tell them about that. You know, and that's the cool part too, is the legacy, you know, is that, you know, and it's like, I've told people in past podcasts, I don't care how long you played, whether it was one year, four years, 
Uh, we got we have I have a goalie in the one of the early podcasts played his whole career was 10 minutes. But you know what? Yeah. It was a great podcast and he had a great story about perseverance and, you know, how important it is. And he I it just, uh, you know, you, you you learn things about yourself, about other people, because we have the benefit of time passing, you know, to look back and realize some things. And you learn, you, you discover, that's the one thing I enjoy about doing with this is you discover things you don't, you don't, you didn't realize at the time, you know, some things that happened and you didn't know why. And then all of a sudden you hear from these guys and they're like, yeah, well, this, from my perspective, this is what I saw. And this is what it's like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. I get more, uh, I get more people that contact me that say, you know, Hey, I heard that podcast. I didn't know about that, you know, about with that guy. You know, and things yeah. they'll they'll get yeah. hold of me and stuff. So that's why I enjoy doing this. You know, is that I love the communication. Now, um, you know, so who was your? Do you remember who you played? Uh, your first line mates were? Oh, uh, Ryan Richmond, shout out, and Adam Pagula, shout out. Fourth line grinders, <laughs> all day every day. That was my whole first year of ice hockey is yeah, those, those boys worked hard for us that we were, uh, we we're good on the penalty kill. That's, that was uh, where we made our money the first year, Adam Pagula and Ryan Richmond, those. Pig and Richie, those, man, my gosh, that is too funny. Yeah. Well, those and guys are I, great. I'm glad you put me on the spot because I don't know if I could have called that out any other way, but from someone who knows the team we had. So that's, that's super cool. You know, I now I've said you, the same in 10 plus years. That's crazy. That's, you know, that tried doing 20, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, you got a lot more but, time under your belt than I do. That's for sure. Yeah. A lot more names to try and remember, but uh, it's, it's like funny said, though, you know, the number is insane. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's like I said, there are some guys who <clears throat> I got along with wonderfully and who I still keep in touch with to this day. Richie and Adam are, are two of them, you know, and uh, I still, you know, I still keep in touch with them on Facebook or wherever. You know, uh, Adam doesn't live that far from me. So, uh, you know, I think Richie's over near Cleveland, but uh, with his family. But, yeah, I don't. uh you know, like I said, I don't, I, I still keep in touch with a few of the guys, you know, the further back you go, that's probably more what I know, but, um, yeah. the, but still it remains that there were just a lot of those guys, especially the guys that didn't always dress those guys. I got to know, I got to know them really well. Uh, one of the guys that is, uh, that did a podcast from who's from Florida that came a little later, uh, Nick Nappy. He is a Florida guy and he used to not dress all the time and whether it was through injury or whatever. Uh, and so he would sit, he would uh, go in the booth and would talk to me and stuff when I needed to kill some time in an intermission and stuff. So, you know, the guys that did that stuff for me are the guys that I always like, I really enjoyed because it helped me. So by helping me, I, you know, they thought it was cool because they were on the, on the broadcast, but I did it. I looked at it as, Hey, you're helping me. I'm not helping you. You're helping me. 
you know, and yeah. you're the, you guys are the ones that do that stuff. And so, you know, I always appreciated it. And that's why guys like you, guys like Nick, uh, you know, whether regardless of who they were, you know, uh, even Richie, you know, Adam, Ryan Richmond, rather, and uh, Pig, uh, those guys all were guys that would talk to me. And they were, they were, I discuss, I found out they're really good people, you know? So, you know, they were, you know, perfect. That's fine. Nobody is. But the point is, <laughs> is that they were, they were good people, you know? They were goofballs just like me, you know? So I could appreciate that's it, that's, that. That's how me and you got to know each other. Like I said, out of the, what, I think we played 48 games my first year. If I dressed 20 of them, I, I would say that's on the high end. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so what uh, do you remember? Um, Cause I don't, but uh, do you remember uh, that first year? Our uh, uh, did, where, where did we end up as far as playoffs go? If I don't know uh, if you remember any of that. I, I do actually. And that's from listening to DJ Fisher's interview with you last night. Uh, we went to Dubuque and we had to win three game series and we lost mm-hmm. we they won the first one we won the second one they won the third one and they were the bigger team but we were the better team we just we just uh, it, it just didn't work that night the the third game yeah. just didn't work we our minds mm-hmm. were there our bodies were there but they they just got us by however many it might have been that night and but we were, still we were one game away from the national championship they went instead of us and to this day we deserve to be there and not them and they they went there and got spanked too they went to nationals and got destroyed yeah i remember now i remember that now that you mentioned that i was i was, I, I was like i don't care who wins I just don't want it to be Dubuque. That's that's mm-hmm. that's what I remember. You know, and the other thing I remember too. Yeah, I know. Now let me ask you: Do you rem- were you on that team where when Dubuque came to Toledo, they had the huge brawl? Was that in your either of your years here? That I think that was my first year because when when I joined the the tribe, the talk of the room was hey when we play Dubuque be ready for what could and might happen and that was in Toledo where it was all out chaos I, I'm pretty sure I was in the stands for that game because I would have got killed if I was on the bench or the <laughs> ice so well the funniest thing I remember about that was the whole thing started because it was chippy to begin with but I remember Nick Nick Jost uh, lit up a kid that one of their one of their uh, top line guys and lit him up like right near their blue line, and uh, that pretty much started World War Three because they were not happy. It was a clean hit, but it was a clean hit by by Jost. But everyone was going nuts because they hated it because they're they weren't used to being hit. They weren't used to being on the receiving end. And uh, I remember that at as soon as the as soon as the um, play resumed, they had a face off at the Dubuque blue line. 
and their goon, who uh, whoever their goon was, uh, was lined up there. And as soon as the puck dropped, he raced down the ice to try to take out uh, J.R. Engelbert, the goalie, our goalie. And uh, he went and tried to submarine him, and J.R. leapfrogged him. And he went flying into the net, into the post. And then that, that set off another the line brawl. That video is still on YouTube to this day. Yep. One, 100% after my time in Toledo, I moved back down here to Fort Myers and I would show people just videos of what we used to went through or what I used to go through. And that was one of them right there. That video is still on YouTube and that people are like, you went to go do that. And I'm like, no, it's not always like that. But when you hate a team, you hate a team, you know, it's, it's, you do it for the family. Like I said, Mm -hmm. you, you said that was a clean hit. I agree with you. And from their side, they're they're looking to hurt somebody, you know. That mm-hmm. that uh, hockey's a lot different now than it was back when we were playing. the The stop signs didn't mean a thing back in the day. <laughs> That's very true. But uh, I no, no lie, Nick. That was that was just brutal. That was just some. I mean, those guys they always tried to be physically intimidating, but. We ended up, uh, um, no, I don't think it was that. I think it was the following year. We ended up sweeping them at home in overtime, both games. But we won, we beat them both games at home. And uh, I, I, to this day, that is like some of the most joyous hockey I ever seen in my life. That, uh, the fact if, that we were able to do that. If there's but, one thing uh, that I will still stand true to this day on is there's no feeling like beating the Dubuque Thunderbirds. No feeling such as that. The The most intimidating team I've ever stepped on the ice with is those boys. But my my teammates always told me, hey, don't don't let them scare you. We're better than them. We, we got character. We got heart. All of them. Cole, Boehner, Fish, Elmo, Clark, they all told me, like, yo, you're a little guy, just go out there and own it. And you know what I always did? Some I might have had a couple concussions along the way, but you know what? We as long as they got my back, the red the rest is uh irrelevant. The rest is irrelevant. I I knew they had me and that that's what made it that's what made it fun. Is they they always had my back. I'd go out there and do what I had to do, and if I did something stupid, they especially Clark. Clark always had my back, man. I I just saw him in Elmo a couple months ago. I traveled out to Colorado to see him and hung out with him for about a month. So it's really? still still to this day. So some of my really, really good friends, man, they didn't make an impact in my life just on the ice. They were they were mentors to me off the ice, which I'll never be able to thank them enough for. And when I was living uh with fish uh up in Temperance, Michigan there. When he was my roommate, like he was older than me. They're, they were older than me. I had no idea what I was doing. I was a young man from Florida just playing hockey kind of for fun. And then once I moved to Toledo, it wasn't for fun anymore. It was a, it was just a lifestyle, you know? And that's never be able to appreciate or say thanks to them boys enough. Both, the whole team, both uh, 2008 through 2010, 
coaches. Shout out Jay Fravor, our equipment manager, one of one of the best people <laughs> I've met in the business. Big Mo. That's what we call him. Big no, Mo. The best, one of the best people in the business, man. Big Mo. Yep. He yeah. uh he he's a piece of work. I give him that. I really enjoy uh whenever we spend time together and we're talking hockey. He is a riot. <clears throat> but uh now as far as um when you you know, when you played here for those couple of seasons, uh, did you, how often did you get to see your family? Um, the first year, uh, what pops, my pops would come up and try to see me maybe three times a year. But the only time I got to go home was, uh, the, the Christmas break. So there wasn't too much of me flying back down South here. It was basically him coming up to watch games, see me for what little time he could because of how, how strict our schedule was, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was a big lifestyle change going from uh, sandals and uh, sweating 365 days a year to having to start my car 20 minutes before I go anywhere and (laughs) scrape the ice off my windshield. Oh, that is funny. That is funny. That is is straight up fact, Nick. Like, you want to talk about a cultural shock is, like I said, (laughs) wearing sandals 365 days a year. I didn't know what shoes were back in the day. And then moving up to Toledo, and they're like, Duncan had told me that he had to tell me to start wearing, like, sweatpants and jeans and shoes because it would be 40 degrees out, and I'd be rolling up to practice in shorts and a tank top, backwards hat. Oh, my God. Good night. Oh man, that is funny. Now let's let's talk about the fun, the funnier side of this. Obviously, that's one of them with the with the whole weather culture shock and things. What were some of the other culture shocks that you had to deal with? This is going to sound super weird to everyone who listens to this and you, but uh, we call we call it soda down here. They call it pop up where you're from. I will argue tooth and nail on that. And just the the lingo was different. Every, I don't know, just, I feel like we live in the slow lane down here. Like, it's all good. It's all, we're relaxing. And then up up north, it's it's a different lifestyle up there. And I I don't really know how to describe it because... I only ever did Toledo for two, two and a half years. So mm-hmm. oh no, I've just always, always been used to this down here. And. Well, don't it, feel so bad. It, I, I understand it. it you, it's not weird to me. And here's why my family is originally from Texas. So okay, uh, I, I down the, in there, they don't call it. Uh, I mean, the, in the more uh, cultured areas, like the big cities down there, they would call it soda water, but the but the uh, small towns, the backward backwards towns in the middle of nowhere, uh, maybe you just see the tumbleweeds roll through those towns, which is where my family was from. They would call it Coke, and you'd sit there and you go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll have a Coke. That sounds good. Uh, what type of Coke y'all want? <laughs> what kind of Coke do you have, uh, Doctor Pepper? Big red, 
uh, you know, it's like what? <laughs> and they didn't like they didn't call a laundromat. Go ahead. Do you know what also got me is the not saying my parents weren't dedicated to my future in hockey, but the uh, the parents of the kids that were local up there is their dedication to their son's future was something it was it was almost intimidating because if it, I'm just bringing up a random name, but say Kolb had a bad game, his dad would let him know you had a what happened out there? What's up? You know, and I I always saw it. I recognized it. And that that went a long way for me, too, is like they weren't just doing it for their son to have fun. This was. That was their parents sport watching their son. That was their fantasy football, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I always appreciated that, but it was super intimidating, too, is Frank Maddiak's dad when he had a bad game. That's probably oh, yeah. the last guy I'd want to run into is, is Frank Maddiak Jr. is running into his dad, you know? Yeah, Chris was Chris is a piece of work. And I love – I still keep in touch with Chris. I saw him uh, back in, uh, I believe, it was uh, the early part of this year, I think. Uh, I can't remember how long it's been. It's been a while. But uh, the earlier part of this year. But I've seen I've seen Chris, him and, 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 uh, and the missus. They came – they were in Toledo. They stopped where I work. They were there, and I ran into them there, and uh, we spent some time catching up a little bit. But uh, but yeah, Frank uh, Frank the Tank man, he's ooh, he was always a, he was always a great player. You know, I I really enjoyed watching him play because he he, you know, he wasn't the fastest guy out there, but by gosh, you you wouldn't gonna know it. He was gonna still compete, and, uh, and you know, and his dad this was crazy. I always called Frank Madiak a skilled grinder. He was a skilled grinder. He'll get the job done, and he'll also put you into the third row, too. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I mean, not only was he our captain, but when he went on to Oakland University, uh, he was the captain there, you know? So yeah. that guy, you know, like I said, he wasn't the fastest. He just worked He worked hard. That's all. He just worked really hard. That's one thing, That's one thing I did have on him. I was faster than him. <laughs> it's probably about the only thing I had on to be honest. Oh, he's I, I'm sure he probably have a few complimentary things to say about you there, Lucas. But <laughs> you know, the thing is is that um, you know, tell me now about some of the the sillier aspects of being on the on the team. What were what what was your uh, rookie initiation like? Oh wow. Uh so once I, once everyone found out that I wasn't leaving, uh, my first rookie initiation was uh, I had to get a haircut, but it wasn't a haircut of my choosing. It was from <laughs> the veterans. So Brandon Bolter, if you listen to this, I still have never forgotten. He shaved my whole head except for a little top part here, and it was uh, it was my yamaka, and I'd keep it for a whole month. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I oh my god! We, we were going to games, and I was walking in in my my suit and my my pants and nice shoes, but I had my little my little hairpiece to go with it for a whole whole month. Oh that my was gosh. one of them, and then 
I don't just some some of the things that happened behind closed doors in the locker room. The the boys are nuts, but it it's a fan it's a family kind of nuts. It's nothing where you're like, oh, this is messed up. Nah, it's 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 all in the name of uh, family and fun. And bonding. And then my second year, when the rookies came on, you best believe we gave them right about the same treatment as I got. I, I just took the ball and, and kept it rolling. I just took it and kept kept it rolling. I'm like, oh, that's what they did to me. All right, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, um, how? Uh, well, who were some of the uh, like uh, more prankster types on, on your teams? Oh, the the first year, uh, D, DJ Fisher for sure. The the prank the prank god for sure you um, it's funny that i'm talking about this now he was talking about the leaners at the hotel rooms like he was the king of that you couldn't open a door without there being a trash can full of water on it after after like three months i just i just said i'm not leaving my room because i know there's a trash can full of water waiting for me just soak Mm. my shoes and then what the my second year under underrated Chase Chase Michaels, my my roommate from Texas that I lived with with Maddie Cook. He mm-hmm. was the most straight edge Texan you could have met. But once you got to know him, he <laughs> he was just a super funny guy. Then it wouldn't even be pranks. He just had all these one liners and in going for it, and then do you know? Do you know who also was funny is Chris Tarsha. He he always oh, yeah. he cracked jokes. He and at the end of the day, he was he was my coach. But at the same time, everyone had love for him because he knew how to have fun with the boys. Like Dunk was our coach, so you only go so far with him. But Tarsh, we take to the side and and do a little of this and a little of that as far as pranks go. And he'd just sit there and laugh with us. So right, I always appreciated that about him. Yep. He was and, a coach, uh, but at the same time, he, he was a good friend, too. He's a good mentor to me. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure I'm not the only one on that. No, no question about it. So uh, who would uh, you say was probably – the most serious guy in the locker room. Probably uh, my first year, Brian, Brian Danzak, goalie. See, that's funny to me because we called him Duck. And, uh, Duck, yeah. Yep. Yep. And he, he was like nuts with us when we knew him. Of course, he was with us briefly and then he left and then he came back. If I remember correctly, yep. and yep, then and he came he, back. He, he, he was, was not uh, when I knew him. He was a super fun, awesome guy to hang out with. But once you start suiting up, even even if it was just for practice, he's in the locker room doing the splits, getting ready for practice. Like there, once he started getting into his his routine, sleep Malone. He was probably in Andrew Kolb and Brent Bain. They didn't they didn't mess around too much either. They were serious about what we were trying to accomplish. And it's funny. Uh, 
tell you a funny story. I did uh, one of the first time I ever interviewed uh, uh, Bubba Kolb. Um, he Kolb was like trying. It was literally like trying to pull teeth to get him to talk into a microphone. I could not get him to say more than five words. You know, I'd be I'd ask him a question, and my question would be longer than the answer he gave me every time. <laughs> He he never had much to say, even even to to someone like me who I saw him seven days a week. You know, he always a, a get her done kind of guy. Less less is more for him. The less he says, the better it is. But and yeah, what him, was funny? Thing, what was funny about him though is that he went on uh, and recently was coaching at the uh, NA level. I think it was the NA level or was it the NA3? I think it might have been the NA3. Anyway, uh, he uh, was uh, a head coach, and he said, uh, I, you know, I, he goes, he sent me a text, and he just said, I wanted to thank you. He said, because I have to deal with the, with the, with the media here every week. He says, and <laughs> having you, he goes, having you pull, the, pull those interviews out of me, back then he goes that kept me he goes that's what introduced me to this stuff he goes i don't know how you did it but you you did it and uh he said you you know he goes i appreciate that and it now because of what i gotta do and and i just laughed because i still remember him going you know it's like so bubba uh you know what do you think of your what we're gonna do what do we have to do today to get a win um score yeah, just put more in the Okay, thanks. Too. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> you know, that, that long in-depth interview, uh, you know, so that's, but, uh, <laughs> that's super funny you bring that up. All these years later, he is still right about the same. Yeah, he's never struck me as the the limelight kind of guy. He's the guy who'll score four goals and he doesn't want to be interviewed after it. Just just another day at the office for him basically. Yep. That's 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 pretty much it. You're right. So, but I want to get keep going. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, buddy. You, this is yours, man. This is, I want you to talk, not me. I was, I was just going to say him, him and Brent Bain are probably the two most serious people I've ever met in the hockey business. Besides for my coach, when I was in midgets, Mike Frank, that guy, you can, you tell him a joke and, He'd think it was the most unfunniest thing ever. You'd have to do suicides after it. That's how serious he was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mike Mike Frank was one of the taught taught me how to deal with. He he was a stepping stone for Ian Duncan for me, basically. Well, I was gonna say there's no one quite like Dunk. Um, so no. now I. <laughs> so let me ask you, uh, I'm going to guess now that uh, you growing up, you were a Lightning fan the whole time. Oh, man, that's that's super funny. You asked me. So growing up, my parents had season tickets to the Lightning back when they'd win like 10 games a year maximum. Yep. And I used to I used to play with a guy down in South Florida by the name of Sam Gagne got drafted by the Oilers in 2008. Yes. And I know Sam, I know who that is very well. I've been been following the Oilers since 
a little bit before 08, probably like 06. So my favorite team is the Edmonton Oilers. And people are, I think they're confused when I say I'm from South Florida, but I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan. But I mean, the, the story I have backs it up pretty well. So yeah, I, I don't hate the lightning. I just, they're not my favorite team. I'm, I do like the lightning. I hope they win because I'm definitely not a Dallas stars fan. So (laughs) that's true. But uh, anyway, here, before we, uh, before we wind her up, um, if there's one thing uh, that you would, or you could, if you could, if there's one thing you would go back and change about your time in Toledo, what would it be? If you could, or if, uh, even if you. My, you know, I, wow. My work ethic, my dedication to the game. If, if I could redo it, I would do it a thousand times harder and my passion for it not that passion wasn't there but i was i was distracted i was young and naive so if if i go back and change it i would work a thousand times harder than i did and i was already putting it all on the line but i feel like there there was more out there for me to go grab and it it showed after my first year of, of riding the pine the second year it showed i i improved but oh no i felt i felt like i i could have been the the Kolb or the Boehner or the team the second year okay so now things. Mm-hmm. i i but, wouldn't change i i can't change anything but i the the experiences i made along the way the friends the family i wouldn't change any of that because there, there's no amount of money in the world that can buy that. Well, see, that's what I was getting. Um, that's the reason I was asking is because I didn't, I, you know, obviously we all have little, little things uh, that we would like to change or wish we could have changed. But the things Absolutely. that are the most important, the most important things are the, the things that, and those things are, you know, obviously, and you mentioned them, family relationships, the, the brotherhood, uh, you know, the guys that you were teammates with that you spent uh, all those all those days in, a, in the locker room and on the ice and it, wherever, you know, on the buses, you know, all of that stuff is stuff you are, are what really counts in the end. And you don't change that. You don't want to change that. And that's what that that's what I'm getting. That's what I was getting at is the fact that I just think that it's really cool. The fact that, you know, a kid from Florida, you know, you know, nowadays it's not that as big of a deal, but back then, back then it was a big deal. You didn't see kids from Florida that were born and raised in Florida that could make that jump to, you know, to do that. And it took, it took someone with some speed and some grit and some, and some uh, determination and regardless of you know what you might think as far as how much you gave or didn't give you gave a lot and you had to put a lot out there for them to keep you you know because it would have been a lot easier just to house a local kid and not dress them than it would be to yeah. bring in this kid from Florida who had to, who had to work his butt off and you and like no matter how much you did okay cuz i watched it 
So I got to see it firsthand. So I, you know, I appreciate I got, you saying that, Mac. I appreciate well, you just saying the truth. that. It's super, super nice. That's just the truth, buddy. But uh, anyway, before we wind her up, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what I usually. If you have any questions for me, please ask. Don't be afraid to. Um, but okay. uh, I just, uh, I'm just trying to think here before we wind her up. Um, how often uh, do you uh, are you able to keep in contact with some of the, or the teammates? I mean, I know you talked about Jay Clark and Elmo and stuff, but uh, do you keep in touch with anybody else at all? Uh, I over over the past couple of years, it's fallen off compared to what it used to be, probably three four years ago. But the thing I always think about the my boys that I played with is we can go years without talking and then one of us can message each other and whatnot. And it's like, we never skip a day in our life. So just cause I haven't talked to them in years and, and I, I, I'm not trying to speak for them, but I, I think they'd have the same mindset as me is like we could not talk for years. And one day it's, like we never skipped a beat. Like I said, I talked to uh, Fish today before earlier this afternoon, just talking to him about life and about how I listened to his interview with you. And it it felt like we were still roommates, honestly. It, that that brotherhood was still there, and that's that's what I appreciate. But the main one main ones I still talk to were Clark, Maddie, Mad Maddie Cook, and uh, Elmo. Those are those are the three. And I wish I could talk to Chase Michaels. If you ever hear this, contact me. Chase Michaels doesn't have a Facebook, doesn't have an Instagram, doesn't have nothing. Just good old Texas boy. Don't have his phone number anymore. But I, any any of you boys that are listening right now, get a hold of me. I I'll talk to you all day, every day. That's what it's about, man. That's what it's about. Is the is just uh, staying in touch, and you know, it's family. That's what you do. Yeah. So um, yep. I, okay. I, well, go ahead. I was to say it's not not just uh, people that I lace them up with every day. Like I said, it's a family. It's a family affair. Always has been. Always will be. That's what drew me to hockey in the beginning. Even as like in a ten year old is. So mm. we're there well, for each other, you. you know. Yep. Amen, brother. Amen to that. Let me ask you here one last question. What or not question, but do you have anything you want to say to Cherokee Nation who's tuning in? Uh, ab- absolutely. First and foremost, I want to. I've been putting it putting it to the side because I I really haven't known what to say. But to the Fletcher family, him, Austin, and Brody used to be a crucial part of my life when I was there. They were around every day. We shaped them in ways that. Some were good, some were not so good, but they were with us every day. And the fact that that man isn't with us anymore, it it really breaks my heart. And I I just I just can't believe that I'm I'm sitting here having to do a little tribute to Austin because he, he deserves to be here with us. He was a crucial part of our family. He was a crucial part of, of what we did when we were on the road he was with us, you know, that mm-hmm. he was, I'd turn around and he'd be there laughing at our jokes, you know, as, as a 12, 13 year old. 
And I just want to pay my respects to a man gone way before he should be. And I want to give a shout out to all my former coaches, Dunk, Tarj, the the coaches who taught me how to be a man, be a human being, a decent human being. I want to give a shout out to all my former teammates, my friends, the families that housed me, the Cook family, uh, the Snyder family and Temperance. Like, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I would not. And I literally go on. Thank you for considering me to chat with you for this time. This is one of the one of the coolest things that's happened to me all year. In a year of uh, a messed up world, this is yep. this is a shining spot in my life, Mick. And I want to ask you a question. I know you were going through some health problems. Mm-hmm. How's it going? You doing all right? <clears throat> I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, for me. It's uh, just uh, where one good thing happened. It's like one step forward, one step back, that kind of thing. The cancer is uh, not spreading. It's actually been shrunk to the point where it's not coming up on the on the on the PET scan anymore. But that's the good, good part. The bad part is that uh, some of the medicine kind of affected my liver and my kidneys, and they had to change some things up. Now, the liver part of it is back to almost back to normal, so that's good. The kidneys, that's a whole yeah. nother, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, but uh, we're, we're hanging on. We're hanging on. I'm still, yeah, you know. It's... If, if you ever want to go round two, let me know, man. I, I'd be more, <laughs> more than willing to sit here and talk to you for another hour and a half. I'm, I'm hey, glad I'm you're just... doing good, Mick. And like I said, I, I cannot be more appreciative of this opportunity. I've never been the interview or talk about this or that kind of guy, but. Me, me and you have a good, uh, outstanding relationship. And even even yeah. though it's been 10 years since we have saw each other, this is this is one of the coolest things I've done in a long, long time, man. And I cannot. Well, that's because it's, we can we can we can pick it up where we left off. That's the thing. And we, like you said earlier, and uh, we were a couple of guys that are like that. So, you know, it just we just pick up where we left off. It's a never ending conversation. We just pause it every that's now right. and then. That's all it is, brother. Okay, well, hey, you know yes. what? I appreciate you doing this, my friend, and uh, I will uh, say thank you. And don't. And also, um, I'm putting the seed in your head because I'm putting it in other people's head. We are going to, within the next couple seasons, depending on how things go here with everything that is the world now, but our goal is within the next couple of seasons to put together a reunion and have a, a an alumni game. And it's going to be the older guys against the older guys, the younger guys against the younger guys, because we can't have these old guys getting hurt. Uh, just trying to get, you know, keeling over in warm-ups, you know, or anything I'm like that. So, forget that. Yeah. I'm the old guy now. Yes. Yeah. Wait. Wait till you're. Wait till you're forty. You know, it's like I. It's like I'm talking. I've talked. I talked to a couple of these guys on the podcast and stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute, you're forty. Holy crap. And I'm older than you, you know? So what do you think that means for me? <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, grandpa, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but seriously, we're going to put together an alumni game and we're also going to, like I said, it's going to be like a reunion weekend and we want to get as many people in here as possible, you know, just to hang out. You don't even have to play in the game. You don't, if, it's up to you. Uh, if you want to just uh, hang out 
and uh, you know, just sit in the stands and watch a Cherokee game, and a bunch of us just sitting there shooting the poop and having some fun, having a few laughs. That's the goal. That's what we want to do. I am, I am 100% down with that. I'll, I'll run the scoreboard. That's about all I'm good for nowadays, I assume. <laughs> Dude, d- trust me. There are guys that have been much longer than you that haven't put skates on. And they would do it for this. <clears throat> so don't worry about that, my friend. Well, Lucas, nah. I have had a blast reconnecting with you and doing this, buddy. It's been a blast. So uh, please uh, stay in touch. And, uh, you know, we will, uh, like I said, we will chat again, but thank you for this. I do appreciate it. You're helping me out, brother. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Mick, like I've told you 20 times already tonight, thank you so much for considering me to do this. This was, this was an absolute blast. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate the whole tribe family. And 10 years later, um, still never, never forget what that organization did for me. I always appreciate that. Always. Well, amen, brother. Amen to that. Well, that's going to do it from here. Episode 24 of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you for hanging out with us. Don't forget, you can, uh, by all means, subscribe to whatever podcast you uh, you, uh, you use, whether it's iHeart, Google Podcast, Amazon, uh, TuneIn, doesn't matter. You can, you can use any of them. Uh, I believe Spotify, all of them are good. So uh, just subscribe. That way, when the new one drops, you'll know. And you'll find out and catch up with a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, I remember him. Well, that's why we got Lucas here for tonight, because this guy is worth remembering. So, hey, for uh, Lucas Kelsey, I am Mick. We will talk to you again next time as you've been listening to the Cherokee Rewind.